Welcome, everyone, to episode eight of the NXC and We podcast. I'm Brett Monroe, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host and friend, PJ Geary. We got a big show for you guys today. We're discussing the go-home episode of NXC on USA from February 12th, leading into NXT TakeOver Portland this Sunday. So buckle up, get ready, and most importantly, enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is NXC and We. I'm Brett Monroe, alongside PJ Geary. PJ, how are you? Doing great, Brett. How are you? Doing great, man. I enjoyed that past episode, and I am ready to give my thoughts and opinions on it. How about you? Hey, man. Let's, uh, you know, why don't we just dive right in, right? That's right, man. So we've been doing high spots first, and we have made the executive decision here on the NXT and We podcast that if we're going to be the preeminent NXT podcast, we have to start with NXT discussion right away. So we are going to just start with the run sheet this time. Save high spots for last. Sound yes. good? Sounds bay, man. Like you said, this is the NXT and we. We're workshopping every single week. We're, we're getting better. We're learning from our mistakes. And uh, we think that as the NXT and we, you know, the emphasis on NXT, we figured we would bring you our review right out of the gate so that, you know, if, if your phone dies or, or you know, if you, if you have to cut the episode short a little bit and you have to finish later, at least you get the NXT that we want to bring to you, which is the review of, in this case, the go-home show, like you said, to take over Portland. And uh, that, it was exactly that in my eyes. It was, it was a go-home show. Yeah, it was. It was definitely indeed just a, a go-home show. So yeah, we'll get, we'll get to it. Here we go, man. Let's NXT on USA, February 12th. Yes. Right out of the gate, we have Roderick Strong. As kind of expected, he comes down to the ring and he is here to defend his honor and his family's honor because he feels... Like, he got spit in the face by Velveteen Dream. And who could blame him, really, right? No, yeah. I mean, I, I just said he's out and he's pissed. You know, just like, you know, yeah. immediately crowd chant for Dream. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I liked it. I really did like how they started off here. Yeah, I thought it was good, too. And what I really liked about it is that past actions have consequences. So instead of getting the apology that he wanted from Velveteen Dream, he gets an impromptu matchup with the thick boy of nxt bronson reed yeah, yeah for the knee that and the uh, when they were when they were looking for, for, for the fly yes yes yeah. so a little little bit of vengeance uh on the flying knee yeah, that Robert i like that Strong too like you said past actions have and we we talk about that a lot here that that's just kind of how the nxt formula is i mean nothing goes unforgotten like not no wasted moments no wasted movements right they i love that about nxt they don't put they don't really waste screen time. So something from last week or two weeks ago, an attack or a conversation, it, it leads to something down the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I was, um, I wasn't lukewarm on this match. I thought it was a good solid in ring showing. I think Roddy's chops are probably one B in all of wrestling only to Walter, who is clearly one a, well, you're, ta- uh, you're talking about currently- Current chops. Yeah, current okay. current chops. I'm okay. not talking about the nature boy, yeah, okay, Rick Flair. All right, yeah, because I know yeah. people would have gotten us on yeah. us for that one. Yeah, this is not all time, everybody, so calm down. This is just <laughs> currently. This is active participants in the wrestling business. So yes, uh, he did have a lot of canvas to paint those chops on because thick yeah. boy, he's got a big old chest. Big so, old. Um, big old. Th- this thing had a, so the chops were good. And the other thing that really stood out to me was the Full 25-second stalling suplex mm-hmm. that Bronson mm-hmm. Reed delivered to Roderick Strong. Yep. I thought that was good. 
And I, I thought overall the ring work here was really good. It, not spectacular. The ending was pretty cool. With the, I, I really thought that the dream distraction might lead to Roddy lo- losing this match, yeah. but he does regain his composure just in the nick of time as Bronson Reed is coming off the top yeah. and lands a flying square on the jaw again for the one, two, three. Oh, and that's a Mamma Mia for me. Just, just want to say right now, might be even of the night. Um, yeah, man. I, uh, I, and it's funny you said that the, you opened it with the chops. I have it right here. Roddy is one of the NXT's and really wrestling's best pure strikers, and I think I don't think he gets like enough credit for that. You know, he, he everything he does when it comes to fisticuffs, elbows, knees, kicks, it's generally on the money. And there was one here that he did miss with Bronson, but I felt like that was just you know kind of a little bit miscommunication. The match started slow. I've kind of had the same thoughts with you, like around lukewarm. I thought it picked up definitely in the end. And Bronson, I like that he got some time to shine. Um, and yeah, I really did think it was going to end with a Bronson win, but I guess, you know, keep Roddy strong going in and he's mad. You know, he hit that, that knee. He, I mean, he doesn't end matches like that, you know, generally. So it was one of those out of nowhere type things. So nobody really looks bad. Roddy picks up the big win over the big boy, thick boy, which I love. Yeah. It just squeaked three X's for me, man. Just squeaked it. And really it was the dream, the dream gimmick. That got to three as well as the the ending, which I loved at 14 minutes and five seconds here. It just just squeaked three. Like I probably could have even gone a little lower, but I really thought it picked up towards the end after a very slow and prodding. And the PIP in this match did not do it any did not help it at all. I will say that. Yeah, the PIP I thought really hurt because this they match, did have yeah. some nice exchanges while they yeah. were They're on the outside. Commercial. They were on the outside, like, throwing each other against the stairs. Like, you want to hear that stuff. But. Yeah. It, so, I think we missed some, like, you know, a couple good chops. Like, the, yes, exactly. the ring step uh, spot was, you know, I wish I had the audio for that rather than just the visual. Mm. Uh, this did this was a little lower for me than for you. I have this at 2.5 Xs because it was solid, if if not, you know, unspectacular. Yeah. Uh, I did... I do enjoy that Bronson Reed does elicit what seems to be like a nice organic reaction yeah. from yeah. the wholesale crowd. So I think that's good for his stock going forward in NXT. Yeah. And I did really enjoy the dream promo on the Titan yes. at the end, still wearing the call me up Marina oh. tights. And he tells Roddy not to worry because if anything's to ever happen to Roderick Strong, he will step in and take care of his family. And that is a big old shot fired in oh, the direction man. of and, and, and so I said this. I mean, Dream's a star. And, and it's so, so good to see him back. He just commands attention whenever he's on screen, whenever he's in the ring, whenever he's in the arena. And he, he's a star. He's a star. There's talk of maybe a Cena dream match, which I would definitely subscribe to for Mania if that, if that ends up coming true. Uh, and I just quick question before we move on to, to the silliness that was the Broserweights road trip. I wonder like how, how and when does this end Roddy and dream? I mean, this now this has been going on for a lot longer than uh, for, for a while now. I mean, you know, after dream was out on the shelf for a while, like where does this end and, and how, like in, in what kind of match do you see this ending in? I, I don't know. Cause I don't think a singles match between the two is really enough to end it. No. I don't know if they're going to no. be able to stretch it all the way to take over Tampa. That's still two months away. So that this would, they'd really have to figure out some sort of creative way to get this match. To it has a blood long. feud type feel though. 
I mean, especially now. It, it's, is blood feud. it's boiling on that. On, yeah. yeah. On, it's on the verge right now of yeah. one, one tip one way or the other, and this could become a more than just a wrestling match in an actual blood feud, as you yeah. said. Yep. But as you also mentioned, we got our first little video package of the night <laughs> of the Broserweights making their way to Portland. They haven't quite figured out how uh, they're going to get there. This is and so goofy. We get the, yeah, driving will not be the answer because they planned a road trip and neither of them have driver's licenses. So, <laughs> I love uh, it. I thought they were so <laughs> stupid, but they were hilarious, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I guess it makes sense because you can't really bring the Dusty Cup on a bus. So the only way to get it there is to drive. You're not going to take an Uber from Orlando all the way to Portland, Oregon, unless you want to lose your life savings. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this was this was funny, man. This was you know this is the goods that the Broserweights have been delivering. Oh yeah, and it's they play off each other so well. I laughed about the whole wrong. They were, he was driving on the wrong side of the road. You know he he was like there was a line. He's like you know I'm not from London. <laughs> Riddle's just yeah Riddle yeah Riddle just doesn't know anything about him. You know, and then the whole, you know, playing off of Riddle's past where he's going to do the talking. And then, I don't know. It, they're all very silly. And I wrote that multiple times. Silly but fun. And I thought I thought we were going to see the Broserweight reveal. But, you know, obviously we had – this wasn't the first – this wasn't the last that we saw of the Broserweight's road trip. On yeah, man, episode. I don't think the Broserweight mobile has enough battery to make <laughs> yeah, it that far. Throw, throw, <laughs> They'd have to be recharging throw an engine, it. Yeah. Like throw an yeah. engine in there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they have to get Vicky Valancourt to soup it up. <laughs> yeah, 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 like <laughs> <a> scout <laughs> on the wall. Wrestling <laughs> oh, is the devil. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh man. Uh, mama, mama says <laughs> mama wrestling's for the devil. <laughs> oh jeez. That's oh, exactly boy. what All I right. thought of. <laughs> exactly what I thought of though. Yeah. Right. Oh my goodness. Move okay. it, moving on yes, after moving we get on. back from commercial, we got a little backstage promo promo with, with my uh, boy. Angel Garza, my beautiful guy. Angel Garza. Uh, oh, he seems very confident for for tonight's match against Leo Rush. Leo Rush tells him, "Hey man, you might want to keep that ego in check because I am refocused and recharged, and I'm ready to avenge my loss to you from December, where I, I lost title. my yeah. NXT Cruiserweight Championship." And Garza did not really seem to take that very seriously, so. I thought that was a nice little interaction, you know, nothing physical, nothing long. But the next match that we got is played up from last week where Candice LeRae came down to the ring and stopped Dakota Kai from attacking Tegan Knox with a weapon. So now we get a singles match between uh, these two. I thought this match started out nicely with that nice string of suicide dives by Candice LeRae, followed up by a very pretty missile dropkick. And... Where you thought that this might be a pretty match, it turned out that it was not because very early on, Dakota Kai caught Larray with that kick to the nose, yeah. and oh, nasty. Uh, she was gushing a bit of crimson after yeah. that. So this is this has been stemming from a long, a long. Uh, this has been building for a while. Even these two, like obviously the main feud is the street fight we're going to see on Takeover Portland on Sunday, but Larray and Kai, I mean, they also have a little bit of history. Um, you know, obviously, Larray being friends with Knox. And then I just wrote down, yeah, both are mad at each other. Larray will definitely be an NXT champion one day. And just the, the blood. The, one of the things, Mamma Mia for me, man, she did four suicide dives in a row. Yeah, um, that's what I was saying. That string of impressive. dives in the beginning was really nice. And, and then, yeah, ate the kick, just 
yeah, like I like you said, definitely wasn't pretty. Yeah, well, I I was just trying to say Candice LeRae started it off nice and pretty, and Dakota Kai was like, "Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer this in a different direction, muck it, muck it up a little bit." Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna muck it up a little bit, and I really liked this work from Kai. I thought this was good heel work. Uh, I had my first Mamma Mia the moment of the night coming from this match. I thought that twisting neck breaker off the second rope was really yes. nice, really really clean. And the uh, I did have to say the German was nice too. I do I do have to say I loved the ending of this match where Kai mm-hmm. reverses the Gargano escape into a tight roll up where she actually pinned down Larray's shoulders yeah. with her hands. I thought that was a really nice detail. So it was a short match, but it was good work. Yeah, nine, nine, nine and a half minutes. What, what, uh, what did you? I gave it last first last time. What did you give this match? I had this match at two point five X's again. Oh, it wow, was, okay. it was. Um, this is a theme throughout the night, and this is kind of where I'm faulting NXT for this go home episode. Un, it, uninspired endings is probably wrong, but all the endings were seemingly predictable. Every person on the Takeover Portland card. No, 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 no. Yes, I did just do the uh, Shakira at you. Okay. Yeah, come on. No spoilers. It, I, I echo what you're saying about the predictability. It was, it really, and, and more so to what you were saying was, it did kind of feel, like, uninspired is a good word. I had it written down more so as like, there was a lot of first gears. There's only really one match I had where it really turned up a notch. But, you know, there, a lot of these, a lot of the people on this go home were, are, have matches on Sunday and it kind of looked like that, you know, for lack of a better wrestling term. I, I like the term uninspired and uh, I, I was a little bit higher than you on this one. I had it at 2.75. I, I said the commercial really did hurt this one because when it happened, they were really, it felt like they were building towards something and then it just commercial. And then when we come came back, you know, it, it went to commercial with Candace on the ground camera right up her nose, looking at the blood. And then it comes back basically with Candace, like, she was in control almost. She was, it was, she, the tide was turning. So it's like, how did we get there? But I also said I would have liked more Kai offense and it was very predictable that Candace wasn't going to win, but you have to like, it's NXT. They make everybody look good no matter what. And they do a great job of that. But at the same time, Dakota Kai, I could have used a little bit more aggression. I guess flooding Candace looks good, but other than that, it wasn't as, it didn't feel like she was going into a street fight on Sunday, you know? Yeah, well, we did the, the extra aggression until at the, the end. Yeah, they, yeah, were, yeah. they were brawling, and then she was about to the hit her with bell. the ring bell until Tegan Knox comes and makes the she save. Got one, she then, got one ring bell shot in the gut. Yeah, one to the gut, you yeah. know. So it, she got it She got it in there, and then we saw that she is gearing up for that street fight. Uh, I could have used a little more Kai offense in this one, too. I agree. Uh, so that's why I had it at 2.5 Xs. Mm-hmm. It was yep. like a – I think Nothing I already bad. said that. Yeah, short, short match, yeah. but good work. Yeah, solid, solid work. And given more time, I think these ladies could have, could have a killer games. match. Yeah, And it was solid, like like we stated in the beginning, go-home show type stuff. It built towards the match that we're ultimately going to be seeing on Sunday where, you know, we were both shocked, you know, had no idea it was on a Sunday until a couple of days ago. So, yeah, uh, standalone yeah. show for them. So, yeah, I mean, simple booking. That's what I wrote down. Simple booking. Simple booking. Kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid. There you go. So next up on the card, we had a match between Candice LeRae's husband, Johnny Gargano, and the burgeoning Cameron Grimes. And I thought that there was nothing in between this, right? It was just, it went right, basically right into. Yeah, I'm pretty 
pretty sure it's just one commercial break and then Johnny's just music right hit when we got back. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, I didn't I'm not skipping over anything here. Um, yeah, we got it. This was this was a I thought the technical aspect in the beginning of this match with all the mat work and the arm drags, I thought that was really good. And Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. is like the king of that stuff, man. I know Tom, our, our good friend Tom, he really enjoyed that technical aspect between Gargano and Bait. So Bait might be able to challenge uh, Gargano for king of the mat work right now, but he's not in this match to defend himself. So Gargano wins. Uh, I have my second Mamma Mia moment of the night coming from this match. Ooh, I wonder if we have uh, the same one. It was the uh, Cameron Grimes with the hard Irish rip into the corner into the Everest German suplex. Yep. Yep. That, that was yep. just so clean, mm-hmm. so good. As, as, I think a little later on in the match, they had another beautiful technical sequence, I would call it. Uh, it was the, the rope running sequence that ended with a gorgeous Spanish fly. Oh, man. Yep. Another, another one for me. Yep. This match, like we said, the the predictable ending hurt it again, but not to the extent that I felt as the other matches on this card. I actually love this match. I thought Grimes again delivered when given an opportunity to face upper echelon talent in NXT, and he's going to be a big deal. I really think so. Yeah. No, I, I man, we're, uh, this match was definitely a step above, uh, you know, starting to pick up at least I mean, the beginning I thought again was a little slower. The feeling out process kind of went on for a bit, but then it, it definitely picked up and Johnny, he hasn't missed a step. He's so smooth. Uh, you know, I had that written down with the, um, I actually, this is the sequence of what I had um, in my notes. I thought at first it was being a glorified kind of squash. Like Johnny was in control. The most of the match, you know, controlling it. But then once, uh, and then I also had Grimes needs a good feud because this guy, yeah, I love watching him work. The beautiful German after that, after the break, the, with the perfect bridge, that was, that was great textbook. And then right after I had said glorified squash, I said no one ever really looks bad in NXT matches. <laughs> very very yeah. rarely there's squash. Very so. rarely, man. Yeah. And the, and the Spanish squash sequence was great as well. We did get a straight up squash later on in the night. That's just yes. a tease. But we'll get to it. Yeah. Well, you know what? If one person was going to squash, I think they made the right call on who it should have been. Uh, but as far as the Gargano versus Cameron Grimes match, it ended with a beautiful Hurricane Rana takedown by Gargano into the Gargano escape where Cameron Grimes decided to live to fight another day and tapped out quickly. Uh, I gave this match 3.25 Xs. Uh, even though the ending was predictable with the Gargano win, I thought the, that the wrestling was just so good and so clean that it deserved a slightly higher grade than I gave to some of the other matches on this card. Yeah. Uh, I, we're, we're close on the X's. I gave it, uh, I gave it a solid three. Basically I, you know, and I just had a couple of thoughts, including today's rope break, my friend coming at you out of nowhere, like an RKO. I had, these guys would have a great full takeover match. Uh, then I, you know, who who should Grimes feud with? And at this time, Morrow mentioned about how the Finn and Gargano feud is one of the best in NXT history. So my my rope break question today: What are some of the best feuds in NXT history? And I, I had written down maybe we do Mount Rushmore, but let's just do two or three, like maybe top three. We'll just do a top three uh, that you could think of best feuds in NXT history. 
Sure. Uh, well, you got to go with uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Yeah. I mean, that was that was excellent. Yep. I also really, really liked uh, DIY versus The Revival. So Gargano on the list again. If I had to pick a third, I think one that really captivated me was Velveteen Dream versus Aleister Black. I thought that Same was yeah. excellent, and it, and it really delivered on the match as well. So mm-hmm. off the top of my head, yeah, those are probably the three I would go with. I yeah, I, I see all those, and then I would also oh, add in maybe. Sorry, sorry. Can I uh, can I cut in real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I bet you're about Dude. to say what I'm about to say, but go ahead. Dude, how good was Bailey versus Sasha? Oh, geez. So, okay. so I, no, so I would be remiss if I didn't. I would be remiss if I didn't put that on the list. I am going to actually remove DIY versus the revival, and I'm going to give that spot to Bailey and Sasha. Yeah, I, I would. I would say say my name, Chomp Gargano. Bailey Sasha is good too. Uh, how about Owen? I know it was short, but Owens and and, uh, and um, I almost called him Generico. Sami Zayn. I mean, it's kind of what started it yeah, all. Was... I know it was short lived, but it is kind of what it, it it's lived on. One of the more shocking moments I, in I, NXT history, at least. I think I would agree with you. I feel like I didn't get enough of it, and it also hurt that I knew that Sami Zayn was wrestling injured. Yeah. Um. Shout so you to, knew he was yeah. kind of headed out for surgery after the match. And I think that kind of hurt it because I was sort of watching the match with just like real fear that he didn't hurt himself more. Because uh, I want nothing but the best for Sami Zayn. Shout out to uh, Pac and Bo Dallas or whatever his name is. Neville. I feel, like such a, I feel like such a jerk. I can't believe I forgot Bailey Sasha. What a classic. Hey, man. It's okay. <laughs> you got it in. Just, just like we had yeah. to go back and uh, reiterate that, that – that Walter and Strong aren't the best ever chops. You know, you had to just, right. you, you got your chance to, re- you re- reiterated and you got it in. So nobody could chirp. Yeah. It. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> if, if they do, they do come at me. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I want you to, I want you to come at me. I want you we to want challenge. It. Me. We want that smoke here on the NXT yeah. podcast. You can find us. Where can you chirp? Where can you send that smoke? You can find us NXT and we on Facebook NXT underscore podcast on Twitter. You could send us an email with just come at, come at Brett Monroe here. Just give it, give him all you got. You can find an email at NXT, spell the word and a N D we at Gmail. Come on, join the conversation. We're growing. We're continuing to grow. And uh, that's where you can send that smoke. So that's, uh, that's where we're at right now, man. And then what happened after that Gargano match after that, after that shocking rope break, wasn't that shocking? So, that was good. No, Thank that was, that sparked some good conversation there. Uh, exactly. Next up, we get a string of promos. The first mm-hmm. one was Adam Cole sending a short and sweet message to Tommaso Ciampa. And I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, but he basically implied that if Ciampa wants Goldie back, he's going to have to pry it from Cole's unconscious body. So mm-hmm. I like this, man. I thought this yeah. was pretty good. I also thought the Undisputed Era flag in the back is awesome, and I hope that that's probably on WWE Shop. I might have to grab it. Yeah. We got – our next one was an update as to how the Broserweights <laughs> were going to, to get to Portland, and yeah, we see so them on goofy. a boat, and then, it, and then it pans out, and it turns out that they're actually on a pedal swan boat, which I thought was great. And then we find out that it's actually just Riddle's Tappy Place. So they're only there to brainstorm their next, their next move. 
I thought this this was some really good camera work yeah. in this one. I liked you know, like how they panned onto Riddle, uh, not Riddle, sorry, onto Dunn's face, how he was just like disapproving of yeah. this entire thing. Dunn is the best uh, part of all of this. I mean, I like. I mean, yeah. Riddle's always been goofy, and you know, he's got his own goofy char- charisma, but. Don is really getting to show his like his versatility. I mean, I I still am holding on to hope that this turns into Don versus Riddle, but I guess we'll see. They're they're fine. They're great together. Yeah, th- these two really vibe off each other really well. And I know I sound like a broken record saying that, but it's just it's so fresh. It's so much different than anything else that Organic. NXT is currently guiding us, and yeah. it's just wonderful. Like I I really enjoy seeing the Broserweights on every show now. <laughs> uh, so, I did uh, predict to the heel turn for Pete Dunn, but I I want to I want to keep rocking keep with this. For now. Yeah. yeah. After we got to take a little trip on Riddle's Happy Place, we had another short promo. This one coming from the Robert Stone Conference Room, where he is promising a refocused vision for the brand on the post takeover episode of NXT. So maybe we'll so, get yeah. it. Maybe we won't. We'll see. So, yeah, but they called him Caden Carter for the rematch. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that might also be confirmed for next week as well. Yeah, that so match. that would give us three confirmed, three confirmed. matches. Yep, because they also they also announced Roddy versus Dream in this time. Yeah, and that was and that was the last mm-hmm. of it. Not really a promo, but that yeah, was yeah. I Little would call thing. that an announcement. Yeah, that was the last announcement uh that we were going to get velveteen dream versus roderick strong on the post takeover episode of nxt and that led us right into the number one contenders match between leo rush and angel garza for jordan devlin's nxt cruiserweight championship but folks before we get into that we're going to take a short break are you a nerd for wrestling like myself PJ and my good friend Brett here on the NXT and We podcast, then get on over to Nerds of Wrestling on Facebook and join the conversation with your fellow nerds today. Do it now. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the NXT and We podcast. I'm Brett Monroe. This is uh, alongside PJ Geary. Yes, and sir. we, where we left off, we are discussing the Leo Rush versus Angel Garza number one contenders match for Jordan Devlin's NXT Ooh. Cruiserweight Championship. And just to start off, PJ, I got a, I got a quick rope break for you. This is a surprise oh, just for you. What? All right. Out yeah. of nowhere. This is just for you. RKO style. <laughs> I like it. Uh, the, my rope break that, I'm po- that I am posing to you. This is about Angel Garza. My guy. Does he make you horny, baby? <laughs> Does he make you horny? <laughs> the most, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. When when Mr. Garza's walking around the ring, yes, Mr. Garza, you sh- I mean, we, we should all be, you know, we bask like Keith Lee basking. Oh, I'm basking in Angel Garza's glory because he is freaking glorious. He When he was walking around the ring, he got a kiss on the cheek from some chick with a sign, right? I wish I was that chick. I love Angel Garza so much. And yes, to answer your question, he does make me horny, baby. I don't know what else to say. So, oh, uh, he Ron, makes you Rondy. Ron, <laughs> I'm rubbing my belly over here right now. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Oh, so, oh, Jesus. And this match, so, man, I mean, this is a barn burner. And I haven't seen, like, a real, like, good long Leo Rush match like this in a little while. I know he's been doing it, like, recently. But, man. Yeah, this was actually. 
absolutely electric to start oh. off with. So Pants were not, off even, right away. not even the sequence, not even the rope running sequence that they started with. The fact that he ripped the pants off right at the bell, yep. that got me going, man. Woo-hoo-hoo. That's where that rope break came I'm from. Over here, uh, so this match Woo-hoo-hoo. was incredible. And honestly, it should have been the main event of the show. I believe that this match had the most suspense. It had the most doubt as to who the winner would be because both of them have really good uh, claims to the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Leo never got his championship rematch like a champion is normally given. Mm -hmm. And Angel Garza lost the title, but he wasn't the one pinned. So this was also match number three in the trilogy between these guys where Leo Rush picked up the first victory, Angel Garza picked up the second, thus winning the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. This match had it all. So chemistry was on full display. Uh, some hard-hitting moves in here, too. So it wasn't all just pretty. I absolutely loved the final hour uh, that Leo Rush gave to Angel Garza while he was on the outside of the ring. Oh, and yeah. That's my own for me. Yeah, that was so good. It's one and, of uh, my official. That, one of. Yeah, not not. Yeah, not your official Mamma Mia moment of the night. Tease. It's called but Tease. It's on your list. Yeah. And I really just wanted five more minutes. From yes. That yes. If, I, if I had to be a beggar, that is what I'm begging for. That is what I'm panhandling for. I'm like, can anyone, please, sir, give me five more minutes, sir. Five more minutes. I got my hand out here. <laughs> Look at me. Oh, my goodness. I, uh, that's how I felt. I mean, psh. I'm, but I'm sitting there just googly eyes over my guy Garza because he, he is he's electric. They both are. They both are. Uh, I thought Leo looks a lot better uh, body wise. He's looking a little bigger, and but didn't lose a step speed wise. Um, Garza does that tree of woe kick in the corner, and that's slowly becoming one of my favorite moves. Um, the way he sells it, and then he he did it twice. He did it once on the inside to the chest, and then he did it on the outside to the back. There was, uh, yeah, I mean, this was just, this match was just a barn burner, like I said. Uh, the top rope crusher that Leo did, that was pretty, pretty great. And I, at that point, I had written down, this is already the best match on the card. Uh, we had the Mamma Mia, the wing clip goes for the wing clipper into the small package. Second cradle of the night, and you don't usually see that a lot, especially on NXT, but I'll take it. And I understood it because they got to keep Garza looking good. He's, he's going up on Raw. He's definitely got star written over him star potential at least you know they gave us they gave us a little fluke kind of victory for leo even though it was basically 50 50 the entire time um yeah in 10 minutes and 20 seconds and i said if this and i said the same thing if this was 15 20 seconds 15 minutes 20 seconds i this is well over four four x's for me but i had it right at three and a half and these guys rule that's last of my thoughts three and a half x's these guys so as you said this this match ended in a roll-up and i have to say it felt very anticlimactic yeah, exactly. to end yep. the trilogy between these two in this way. But in the same vein that you also said, the storyline was so on point because it ties into Garza acting completely overconfident in that promo early on, earlier on in the night, and he mm-hmm. paid for it. He clearly is thinking about Raw. He, Not that his focus was completely diverted away from the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, but it it just felt like his head wasn't fully in the game, and he paid for it. He paid the price. That didn't feel like a last NXT match for him, though. I mean, maybe I I wouldn't be overly surprised if it was, but it just didn't feel like his go-home, go-away, go-away match. I think we're going to continue to see Garza 
on both on both shows. I think we might, but I think this might be the end for him. Well, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that we will continue to see Angel Garza because he's been, his appearances on Raw have been so good. Yeah. So there, there doesn't really seem, if he's got something good going on Raw, then I mean, that's probably where he's going to spend most of his time. Because the thing that he has with Selena Vega is really working. And then yeah. once Andrade returns to the mix, you know, that's, that's pretty formidable. And that's, yeah. that's, um, they look so similar. That's been one of the high points of Raw. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I wouldn't be overly surprised. It just didn't have that like complete feel. But like I yeah. said, I, I would not. It, it's happened before, so I guess you know we'll, we'll have to wait and yeah. see. And I know, I know, I am <laughs> Randy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so Randy for Angel Gaza. <laughs> Very shagadelic. <laughs> oh, that's Brett Monroe <laughs> on the NXT and We podcast. Oh. Let us know what you think. Oh, yeah. NXT We on Facebook, NXT underscore podcast, Twitter. You can email us, NXT. Spell out the word A-N-D. We, and on iTunes, Spotify, or everywhere you can find podcasts. So please let us know what you think about all of the shenanigans. But yeah, man, this was easily the best match on, and probably the best segment that I have on the entire show. It was... It was definitely my overall segment, mm-hmm. my overall oh, and best Devlin match. Came out too. And and now Devlin Devlin appeared on the ramp, talked a little smack to Leo Rush, and everybody buckle up because I'm promising you that Jordan Devlin versus Leo Rush is going to be on the ballot for match of the year at the end Ooh, of the year. Ooh, that's that a good prediction right there. Coming from me. And if given the time to shine, these two are going to just turn into a ball of fire. Like I, I am thoroughly convinced of that. All right. Well, I had that written down. That's a bold prediction from our good friend Brett here. And I, I just want to say before we move on, I love, I love the the quote from Devlin. You never bet against an ace. So I'm surprised you never used that back in the day. Well, that's, that's you know, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. Oh, um, that's ridiculous. So, so before we got our next match, we got a nice little hype package for the North American title, narrated by Mark Henry. Oh, this is great! This was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was very well yeah. done. It definitely—I didn't need more hype for that match, but I got me way more hyped. And that match is going to steal the show. I'm, that's my bold prediction. I don't think it's that bold. Yeah. That will steal the show. Put it in the books, as they say. I thoroughly agree that that match is going to steal the show, my man. Uh, it has like nearly five stars written all over it. And yeah. the match hasn't even happened. Yet. So hundred percent. And shout out to, shout out to Mark Henry. Yeah, this was good. This was yeah. good. I, I was not expecting it and it was a lot of fun. So next match on the card, if you even want to call it, that was yeah. Bianca Belair versus Santana Garrett. And this is the match that we teased earlier in the show. Complete squash, no rating. <laughs> Santana Garrett got no offense in. It's fine that Santana Garrett got no offense in because if there was one person on this episode that was going to go over in a complete squash, I think Bianca Belair was the correct choice. Yeah, I, I wrote down it was nice knowing you, Garrett. Uh, poor Santana, very squishy, 45 seconds, and one of the first actual squashes we've seen on NXT in a long time. So I, I had it the same. Uh, I didn't rate it at all, but I did rate the overall segment, which you could bring us into. Yeah, because after that, she got on the mic and 
she started saying, you know, Rhea Ripley is looking past her and that's a mistake and she shouldn't do that. And Rhea Ripley came out and defended herself and said, well, I'm not looking, I'm not looking past you at all. I'm looking right at you. And at NXT TakeOver Portland, I'm going to go right through you. I thought Great that quote. was yep. uh, a, a strong thing to say for Rhea Ripley, but she ended up eating her words uh, with a KOD by yep. Bianca Belair laying her out in the middle of the ring. Yeah, and the only thing I, and I, I did like that, I loved the quote. But other than that, I just want to say, um, I hope not. I That probably means Rio will win, and, you know, we'll, we'll cover that. You know, stay tuned for my prediction for that whole that whole shenanigans with Rhea, Charlotte, and and Bianca with uh, our .5, our 8.5. It'll be coming out very shortly after this. Um I really hope that it – because I don't generally believe that NXT does 50-50 booking too much. And for those of you who don't know or are not familiar with that saying, which, again, I'm not totally familiar with it, but from my knowledge, it basically is what the main roster does a lot of the time where if on the go-home show if somebody gets over on somebody, then generally speaking, the next show, the person who got over – who had gotten over on then gets their comeuppance on the next show. So – if that is the case, then it would look like Rhea is going to win. But, like I said, stay tuned for my prediction because I think it's kind of juicy. So that's uh, that's all I have to say. Yeah, and and, that. and I gave it two extras. I gave it the in title. It was good build for the for the next match, and and I just it was solid two two X's. Nothing terrible, but nothing overly nothing to write home about. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave this as no rating. I'm that's not fine. gonna yeah, retroactively yeah, no apply. I, I was almost to this, going but, to, but yeah. You, you've been you've been rating segments more than me, so I figure I'd throw that in there. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. It, I it's a very organic thing as I'm watching. If I feel that it warrants it, I do it. If I don't feel it in the moment, then I just don't do it. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, and as you tease, be on the lookout for that eight point five, where it's we don't just predict the match between Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, but the entire NXT Takeover Portland card. Yes, so sir. that'll be fun. Next up, we got our third and final. Broserweight road trip uh, clip of the night. <laughs> and and this one, this was a worthy finale because they stashed themselves and the Dusty Cup away in the boot of Triple H's <laughs> private jet. And that's how they're getting to Portland. So TSA be damned. Uh, that is, <laughs> that is, they got some stowaways. Yeah, again, I just, it was just... It was very, and I just want to say shout out to, it's very obscure, but luggage guy Trent Barstool. Yeah, I mean, he's the best luggage guy in the business. He could have helped them with that luggage, but just the fact that he, sho- he shoves Dump Pete right in there and we find out it's Triple H. It was just all good fun all night. And it was, like you said, it was a worthy ending to to what was a, just an overall goofy but fun little thing. So to hype up that match, because we didn't see Bobby Fish or, uh, or O'Reilly there at all on the show, so. Yeah, cool we were given word that they were already on their way to take Portland. over Portland, yep. so that uh, only left um, yep. Adam Cole and Roderick Strong in Orlando. Yeah, so up next, we had literally the best promo of the entire night, yep. and that was Ciampa reliving the worst day of his professional career inside the auditorium that he, he had to relinquish Goldie from his grasp due to career-threatening neck surgery that he was able to come back from better than ever, which is great for all of us. And he basically said that Cole has not much chance in this match because Ciampa wants it just that much more, and he has nothing to lose. Great, great fire. And it's as always from Ciampa, but 
just I thought it was very, very cool aesthetic to see him in the same exact studio that, like you said, he had to relinquish it and just like watching that same video back, which was kind of surreal. Yeah, I'm you have to go first on this one. You tell me what you had because I know you gave this an X rating. Yeah, I had this at four X's, man. Oh, Uh, I, I, I know. I know that's high, but. I just love like the duality of the story that they're telling here. So it's almost like, yes, Ciampa is fighting Adam Cole for the title, but it's like, he's also fighting his own demons. So I just thought this was really great. You know, almost a year to the day, as he said that he had to give up the NXT championship, his most prized possession in his professional career. I'm sure his family is probably the number one thing on that list, but that is neither here nor there. Um, I just thought this was really great. It seems like Ciampa is really... He's fighting a lot of battles on different fronts too, and it's not just in the form of other wrestlers standing in the way. It's like he's fighting himself almost. So I thought this was really good work. I thought Ciampa delivered a really strong promo, especially at the very end where he got like a full-on... What's the word I'm looking for? Close-up. Of mm-hmm. just like basically his eyes in the camera oh, yeah. and how steely, how steely they were and how determined he looks that it's his destiny to regain this this thing that he never lost. Yeah, I, so. I that was very eloquently put by yourself there. So pat yourself on the back for that one, like Chiapa would do. Yeah, uh, the daddy, yeah. the daddy clap, the daddy clap, and you know, I, I gave it three point two five. It was just above three. It wasn't on the same, for me, like, shock. I mean, because it wasn't really shock. It was just a well-spoken promo and a well-done with the, like you you mentioned earlier, with the the camera work, top-notch. And, yeah, I just, it was the best best segment on on the show, like, by far. Yeah. Yeah. The best segment not involving wrestling was that. Yep. So... Speaking of wrestling, we are now on to our main event, which Woo! was Adam Cole, the time splitter Kushida. And big match for Kushida here. Big match for Kushida. But man, I wish I had more good things to say about this match. It, and that, I'm not trying to preface this by saying that I thought it was bad because I thought the, the in-ring work was excellent. Like the, the hoverboard lock sequence was really good. That led into the pinning sequence. I'm a sucker for pinning sequences, especially when they end in bridges, which this one did not, but that's okay. Um, I just, this is, this reminded me of Tyler Breeze's match from last week where Kushida never was going to win this match. So it just really, it really hurt it for me. And it's not that the guys didn't work hard to put on a good show because they did, but the lack of suspense really hurt this match for me yeah i mean i appreciated that the fans were more or less 50 50 i mean cole's one of the more popular guys there and kushida hasn't really had one of these big time matches and the way i saw this is it was a first gear kind of match for adam cole he didn't really he never really turned it into a higher gear whereas kushida was in a second gear basically from the jump and it kind of showed and you know so it was one of those it it did not know it did not ever feel like kushida was going to win but they gave him good enough shine against the champ and you know like we alluded to earlier everybody who is on a takeover got to win tonight 
or on the takeover and you know Kush- I just had Kushida was crazy. he was so crisp in this match there was a couple a little uh hiccups from Cole I thought I mean he had he there was a it was later in the match but he hit a super kick off of, off of a to the it was supposed to be definitely towards like the neck or the you know shoulder neck area he gets him like in like the middle of the back so I thought that was a yeah. little little miscue but like I said Cole certainly wasn't going to throw himself into a higher gear when we know he's going to have a a brutal match with with Chomp in just four days so I otherwise man I mean there was like like you said nothing really wrong with the in-ring stuff like like I said Kushida definitely showed me a lot more than he he's even really been able to to show and I like the arm work as well I just want to point out that the, the, the Kushida arm work was well done and uh and the last thing before I give my ratings I'll or I'll let you give your ratings first actually was uh he stole my kicks. And I know we've kind of alluded to our own wrestling background a little bit here, but uh, the yeah, Kawada kicks. The Kawada kicks. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool. And then, yes, we, as we said, Cole gets the win with the last shot. So what, what, what did you give this match? It was 12 minutes and 50 seconds, by the way. Uh, I only I, I gave this a very pedestrian 2.75Xs. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I just could not go higher because at literally no point in the match, no matter how good – the, the arm work was, which was, it was great. The selling by Cole was great. There's just no way you're going to have your champion lose on the go home. It's just, exactly. you're not going to do that at, at, for any reason. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I, I was, I was right around you. I had it at 2.8. So for, for a lot of the same reasons, but a good shout out to Kushida for finally getting a match with a, with a star caliber person, the champion. And he, and he looked good. So. We'll see where it goes from here for Kushida. Hopefully he can get a nice little feud going or at least just more showcase matches like this. So we'll see. But, yes, like you said, we have pressing issues to take care of, and that's how the show kind of ended, right? Yeah, exactly. That's That That was sort of it, you know. Ciampa came out. They, yeah, they went, yeah, Ciampa came out, and, you know, that was just more build. It was just more build towards the main event of the quote NFC was, TakeOver Portland. The quote was, I take my life back at TakeOver Portland. And then, you know, as he said earlier, and you said it, over Cole's dead body. You know, that's what we get. That's what we were treated to. Overall, I gave this show uh, 2.5 Xs. Mm. Um, Decent go-home episode, but due to the fact that pretty much every single match, other than Angel Garza versus Leo Rushwood, definitely should have been the main event. Uh, because all the matches lacked any suspense, it just kind of hurt it as an overall watch. But I'm just saying that is it 2.5 is not bad. It's no. what we like to consider average. This was this was a fairly average episode of NXT. Yeah, I I was right around there with you. It's definitely the lowest I've given any episode thus far, and I that's definitely for you as well. Um, I 2.75. And really that 0.25 is the Garza match, and that's probably more so for my love of the man. But, yeah, it was a go-home show. It was nothing nothing bad. It did its job. It, it definitely got me hyped for certain matches more than I already was. And I'm ready for TakeOver, man. I'm definitely ready for TakeOver. It did its job to do that. So, you know, that's just we got to wait four days and, and we get it going. But you guys don't have to wait four days because you're going to get the 0.5 where we get 8.5 where we talk about our takeover predictions my friend so 
it's uh yeah right. we're, we're moving forward and it was just it was a good episode i would say out of everything though go out of your way to watch the garza leo rush match obviously watch the entire episode but go out of your way to watch that and go i would say go out of your way to watch the chop up promo because those are two of the biggest yeah moments and what if, were your mama you mia moments two highlights of the show my mama mia moment is angel garza ripping off his pants oh there you go there you go <laughs> i'm gonna stick that, with, yeah, just it was shocking it, it was shocking yep. Yeah, I, I just loved go it. With, my Mamma Mia moment of the week. There you and go. And I'm sticking to it. I'm going to go with, uh, I said it in the beginning, like I said, tease it a little bit here and there. There were a couple that were up there, but that knee that Roddy gave Bronson in the beginning of the show to end that match, I mean, that's one of the more gutsy moves a wrestler could do because that could end very badly for both Bronson and Roddy. So I thought it was very well. Absolutely. And that was my Mamma Mia moment for the go-home show. February 12th, and it, it, it was a go-home show. Yeah, it was. It was indeed. And uh, on that note, we're going to wrap this up, but we're not wrapping the show up. We still got high spots for you, and guys, we're just going to have some fun with high spots, all right? So stick around. Give it a listen, please, because I think you're going to enjoy it. And with that, um, let's take a break. Are you ready to take a trip down WWE's memory lane with a little help from Mary Jane? then be sure to check out the newest podcast hosted by yours truly, PJ, and our good friend, Tom. It's Bumps and Blunts. Find us on Facebook at Bumps and Blunts, and stay tuned. Hello, everybody, and welcome to High Spots News. Reporting to you from the High Spots News Desk, I'm Brett Monroe, joined alongside my faithful correspondent, PJ Geary. PJ, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good there, Brett. This is a good buddy, a good friend, Todd Hardo. I'm Todd Hardo from Saskatchewan. I'm, I'm down on the ground corresponding, as they say, corresponding. Corresponding from the road. I, I took so, PJ's phone. I took his phone because I needed the phone to call a friend, and then I had the conversation, and I lost PJ. I don't know where he went. Well, that's all right, Todd. Just, just stick with us, and uh, we begin this edition of High Spots News with our main story involving Shayna Baszler's attack on Becky Lynch this past Monday on Raw, when she literally tore into her rival with her teeth and took a chunk of flesh out of the back of Lynch's neck. Becky initially refused medical attention stemming from the attack, but eventually came to her senses and stole an ambulance to drive herself to a local medical facility. After receiving treatment, she made her way back to Raw in the same stolen ambulance and came out to the ring to call out Shayna Baszler. Based on the results of the doctor's visit, WWE medical professionals, medical professionals expect the man to make a full recovery from her injuries because she was up to date on all of her vaccinations, including rabies, oh, lycanthropy, and vampirism. Our sources far removed from the situation have also told us that Lynch will take further precautions going forward by wearing special ring attire that is lined in silver and garlic. Our sources have also given us word that WWE officials are rushing to get all the performers up to date on these vaccinations and that WWE is looking to bring on Kanye West, Jay-Z, and Nicki Minaj as special advisors due to their vast expertise regarding monsters. Local law enforcement could not be reached for comment regarding the stolen ambulance, but appears as no charges will be filed due to the ambulance being returned. Todd Hardo, what do you make of this situation? 
Oh, we man, it was a, it was a big, it was a big deal over here where I'm at on the road. You know, I got my ear to the ground and I saw that there, the the Shana with the blood all over. And you know what? It reminded me of it. Reminded me of a of a normal Canadian Saskatchewan breakfast when my face is covered in the maple syrup. And you know, it looked like that. And look, that's how much maple syrup I get on my face when I when I eat my pancakes and my waffles. And and you know it. It just ended up looking like that for Shayna. It looked like she got a good meal out of it. It did indeed appear as though she got some fresh meat out of that deal. Well, next up. The Rock's 18-year-old daughter, Simone Johnson, has begun her training at the WWE Performance Center to become a future WWE superstar. The rumor circulating right now is that she's thinking of upholding the family tradition of adopting her father's first name and her grandfather's last name to create her ring name. So be on the lookout for her to debut as the Johnson. Oh, we man, this is a good one here. And, you know, I got, like I said, I got my ear to all the grounds all over the place on the road, in the street, in the snow. And and from what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing over here from, um, oh, oh, what's what's that, PJ? Oh, yes, yes. I'm telling him what I heard about the Johnson daughter. Uh, yeah, he said that uh, there's a good chance. And the reason why she's here is because she definitely smelt what The Rock was cooking. And that's the secret sauce. Uh, in a more serious news of the evening. Teddy Hart was arrested once again in Richmond, Virginia on charges of possession of controlled substances and intent to sell and distribute. This may lead to a penalty of 12 months in prison and a $2,500 fine. He is scheduled to appear in court on April 23rd. Hart has been arrested multiple times in the past, but all charges have always been dropped. Keep in mind that is $2,500 in American dollars, not Saskatoon dollars. Oh, Todd yes. Hardo. Big difference there. Oh, yes. and <laughs> Big I, old difference. And, you know, Teddy Hart, the hearts, the hearts, you know, they have a special place in my heart for forever and ever. The Brett, the Owen, all oh, rest in peace, Owen. And I just say, what I have to say about this is from what, from what I'm hearing, as I say, my ears are always everywhere. They're in the air. They're on the ground. They're, they're, they're in your heart. They're in your armpit. And, and uh, you know, they say that it's confirmed that on his way to being book the booking, as they say, the booking. He didn't get a booking here. Ha ha ha. He no no. But on his way to the JSL, he definitely vomited like he has multiple times in his his wrestling career in the middle of the ring. Except this time, it was on his way to his JSL. That is a bad look. I would fear what twelve months in prison will look like for Teddy Hart. Our last bit of news here on the High Spots News Desk comes in the form of an MJF controversy. This week, he made some very pointed comments about The Miz on his Facebook page. Highlights of this include referring to The Miz as a ferret, calling him a corporate sellout, saying that Maurice is no longer an attractive individual, and that The Miz was a paper champion. MJF responded to this controversy himself on his Twitter account by saying, I don't even have a Facebook account. I'm not a pleb. (laughs) Oh, my Todd Hardo, how do you how do you feel about the situation? Oh, oh man, this one uh, this one's uh, this was a big old boot, as they say, like the the Broserwitz were saying. It's a big old boot, and I uh, just say that you know MJF. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. I don't know exactly. I don't know if I've ever seen a ferret, but I've ever seen a moose. I've seen a many a moose in my life. Moosin, as they say when they're all together, and you know. The Moosin over here, they're so big. And, and they remind me of The Miz because he's just a big, strong, strapping lad. And you know what? He's a WWE champion. And what has MJF done? I don't know. I don't know. And, I, and you know what? 
I think I'd fancy a date with Miss Marisa. I don't know about you there, Mr. Brett Monroe, but I definitely fancy a date with that Marisa. So I don't know what the Mr. MJF is. He's just stirring the pot, as they say. And, you know, maybe we'll invite him over for dinner and some Labatt Blues and uh, maybe some maple syrup. Now, I'm not sure exactly what what pleb means to you, but can you can you tell us the... Is that a bad word in Canada, pleb? Oh, pleb. I mean, pleb, he might as well have been calling him a donkey's ass, as you say. I don't know. I don't know. That's, oh. exactly, that's how I would say it. That's how I see it here. And, um, you know, I got my ears all over the place, like I say. So I, I'll ask around. Uh, maybe I'll take a look on the Urban Dictionary, as they say, and we'll, we'll, figure out, we'll figure out exactly what Mr. MJF meant, Mr. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, better than you. We'll see what he meant. But you know what? I still fancy that day with Maurice. And uh, who, 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 give me a call, lady. Oh man, uh, would you be able to send any any photos of that date with Maurice uh, to nxtandwe at gmail.com? I'd love oh, to get a few yeah, I mean, I don't know pictures of you guys out on the town. Oh, yes, of course, of course. I don't know where Mr. PJ went, but uh, that's my brother there. I mean, we're not actually brothers. We're just uh, acquaintances and we're not even acquaintances. I just found him on the street and he gave me his phone. I don't even know where he is, but... Yes, yes, for sure. NXT and we on Facebook, NXT underscore podcast on Twitter. And you can email them at NXT, spell out the word A-N-D-W-E at gmail.com. Yes, I for sure will do that for you, my friend, Brett. Thank you so much for having me. I am the correspondent.order. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. And thank you all for joining us on High Spot News. And we hope you have a very, very pleasant day. Yeah, man, and uh, what an electric, what an electric correspondent that was, Mister Todd Hardo. Uh, geez, I, he lost me for a while, but I'm, you know, that was that was obviously pre-recorded, and uh, I'm back here, you know, with you guys in studio as always. And yeah, I mean, what an episode we got! Takeover Portland coming up, my friend, and that was an electric high spots news for the first time, and I think we're gonna stick with it because I think both me and Brett had a great time with it. And uh, yeah, man, uh, as we always say. Choose NXT and we, because we are NXT. Peace.